Today on the podcast, we have Aisha Williams. Aisha is a former high school teacher turned content creator and coach. She has over 10 years in the education industry at the secondary and post-secondary levels. She holds a master's of education, a principal certification, and has over 500 hours of completing and presenting professional development. Over the last two years, Aisha has combined her love of fashion and helping others to create Aisha's Insight LLC, a fashion and lifestyle brand. By helping others monetize their social media through working with brands, creating their own brand, and everything in between, Aisha has been able to help dozens of clients achieve their social media goals. In today's episode, we speak about life as a social media influencer, letting our thoughts work for us in a new role, and how to navigate inconsistent or unpredictable money flow. Let's dive in. All right, everyone. I am here with my dear friend, Aisha Levette. And Aisha, I just... Like every time I think of you, I see your name. I'm taken way back to when I first met you in a classroom at Texas State University. And that's over a decade ago. And the cool thing about our relationship and our friendship is that I love the ways that I've been able to keep up with you through social media. So I find it just really cool to see where you're at now with your social media journey. So welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. Can't wait to talk. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm still going to call you Dr. LeClaire. Maybe I'll call you <laughs> one day, but it won't be today. Um, I'm so happy to be here. I'm just so happy that we have stayed connected over the years. That That's just the power of social media. And it allows people to have little snippets, right, of what's going on in others' life. And you have just served as such a mentor. And so I love how our relationship has evolved from that professor relationship to being a mentor and to now a friend. And it's just so great. It's awesome. And I really think too, like it, it was through Facebook. If I, if we hadn't had Facebook, I don't know that I would have been able to keep up with you and connect. And now seeing you on Instagram, it's just so amazing to me that I get to have all these little pieces of your life and snippets of your life that I probably wouldn't if we only even ever saw each other in person too. So, okay. With all that, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about you know, what's life looked like from, for you since Texas State? Where are you? What are you doing? And all of the things. Yeah, of course. So it's been quite a journey. Um, graduated in 2009 and um, just set off into the world. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And uh, I did retail for a very short lived time for maybe nine months and realized that that was not it. So um, I quickly pivoted to education. I come from a line of education educators. I'm actually fourth generation. My great-grandmother was an educator. My grandfather was a principal. My mom's still a teacher. Um, she went back today, year 32. I can't believe wow. it. And so then it felt really natural for me to just go into education, and I did. So I taught high school juniors and seniors for over 10 years, and I loved everything about it. And during that time, I was able to develop curriculum, lead PDs, all of, all of the things, right? But my, my favorite part was just working with, with my kids. That's what I call them, my kids even though they were 17, 18 years old. I, I called you my kids. Like so <laughs> you were 21 and you were my kids. So right. So you totally get that with my kids. I realized I just really enjoyed helping others. Like at the core of everything that I did, that was that was my favorite part of it. And so I transitioned into instructional coaching where I was coaching teachers and I was able to again help them. And during the pandemic, in the height of the pandemic in 2020, 
I was at home, like everyone else didn't want to make bread and decided I'm going to start a fashion page on Instagram because it's, it's something I've always wanted to do, but I've been afraid and I did. And some of my first followers were former students who were hyping me up. They were like, Miss Williams, we were waiting for this. <laughs> and, and that's kind of um, where I am now. Over the last two years, it's evolved into a coaching business. I consult other creators. I have an LLC. Like, I'm a small business owner. Who am I? <laughs> it's really interesting because I thought by now I'd have my PhD. I know I, I asked you to write a letter of reference for me five years ago when I was looking at PhD programs. I thought I was going to stay in academia and not to say that I won't ever go back, but I didn't think this is where I would be. Yeah. But I love that you allowed yourself to land here too. You didn't restrict yourself. And I think it's so interesting. You said that you started that page and you'd always kind of been fearful because you have had such style and presence to you. Like I have, I have messages from years ago where I was like, Hey, where do you go shopping? Hey, where'd you get this? So it's that, you know, people who know you have always known this about you. So I think to your friends, family members, like you starting that, it seemed so natural. I was like, of course she's doing that. It's so obvious. So it, I just really think that that's so powerful that you are able to say that and admit that, like I had fear behind that. And that's, that is what holds so many of us back from, you know, reaching that goal that we want or from trying that new thing. And especially when it's something that's kind of stepping outside of that path that you had already chosen for yourself or the path that everyone then kind of expected you to stay in. Absolutely. And I found myself really living in that fear more than I should have, if I'm being very honest. And when I thought about why I hadn't started it earlier, I was using work as a teacher, as an instructional coach, as an excuse, but it was really me saying, what is that girl from high school who wasn't nice to me almost 20 years going to say when she comes across my page? Or what are my coworkers going to say that I, I work with now and see every day and they see me posting my outfits of the day? Are they going to think it's funny? Are they going to be supportive? And when I got out of my own head, it didn't matter. Yeah. That lasted for maybe a month. And then you're just inundated with so many people who support you, like you mentioned, that you're not even thinking about those who don't support you because they're just not relevant and um, they should not hold you back from doing what you want to do and for, from following those passions that you have. Mm -hmm. And it's so, you know, when we, when we finally kind of move through that, then it feels like so obvious, right? Like, yes, nobody else gets to hold me back and other people's opinions don't matter. But when you're in that space where you haven't quite worked through that and gotten to that point, those fears feel so real, right? Like the other people's opinions or judgments of you, it does feel like that, that is the worst thing, or that is something that should hold you back. And so really, you know, being able to move through that and understand like, no, this is, this is fear, you know, calling it for what it is. And then really asking yourself, okay, but what am I afraid of? You know, what is the worst thing that's going to happen in this situation? You know, maybe that girl still doesn't like me. Okay. You're like, you've gotten to this point without her maybe liking you, you know, right. whatever. <laughs> right. But just those stories we tell ourselves too, that keep us from really moving forward in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And I think we we can kind of sit there for a while, um, especially when it's just unfamiliar in a way that it's not what you're supposed to be doing, right? Like I was supposed to stay in education. I was supposed to be on this pathway to getting a PhD. I was supposed to be publishing a book. 
But like, who put that narrative out there? Like, that's yeah. me putting pressure on myself. No, no one has this master plan for me. Like, I, I get to choose what I do. I just kind of had to unlearn those things and realize that, well, I am still teaching others. I am still helping other people. And it looks a little different than I planned in my mind, but that's okay. Yeah. And the unlearning of it, I think not only for yourself, but then the undoing of that for other people too, right? That can feel so big because it's all of a sudden, yeah, letting go of the expectations of others, letting go of those narratives in your mind. And then also kind of allowing yourself to dream again a little bit, because when we're following that should, or we're stuck in those paths that are kind of laid out for us, we shut down that part of our brain that has that creative flow, or that is, you know, allowing us to think outside of the box that we're kind of placed in. And I think what's cool about it is exactly what you said. And I relate to this so much because that's what teaching is for me too, is helping and, and helping other people and guiding them. You're still doing that. You're still teaching people. You're still modeling all of these things like you did for your students. So the core of your being is still doing your passion and your purpose. It's just your classroom is now Instagram, you know, your classroom <laughs> or, you know, one of your classrooms. You have yeah. many. I, I think that just the idea of allowing yourself flexibility and even what that looks like is so important. Absolutely. And that's so true. When I think about the, the things I've accomplished in the last two years, I have a curated curriculum that is individualized for each of my students. That's teaching, right? Yeah. And that's just taking my expertise, my knowledge, my prior experience and building it into something else. And Sometimes I have to remind myself of that, that I am still really helping others in a way that is beneficial to them. And I love what you said, my, my classroom is Instagram or, you know, social media or my website or whatever it may be. And it's evolved. And I, I'm excited about that. The thing that's really, you know, neat for me to see, especially since we haven't hung out together in person or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So for me to see and feel the joy through your photos, through the things you post, because I know you, I can tell I'm like, oh yeah, that's real. Those are real smile. <laughs> or I love the videos and the reels that you do because you can just see that you're having fun. You know, I know that there's work elements. I know that there's always stress involved in any career, but the ways that you're just showing up and embodying this path that you've chosen is it's really, it's inspiring to watch, honestly. <laughs> Thank you. That means so much um, because it is real. It's authentic. And, and I'm so happy that that radiates in my photos and my reels. And then, like you said, there are really stressful times. Like I, I want to speak to that as well. When I wake up and I feel unmotivated or I feel like something has flopped or I didn't get the traction that I wanted, or a brand is lowballing me and, and doesn't want to pay my rates, or I didn't close a deal with a client. And, and, you know, there's days when I feel defeated and mm -hmm. I'm asking myself, why am I doing this? I, I think that sometimes people think social media is like very glamorous and fun and exciting. And it is, but right. There's a, but just like with any other career, there, there's another side to it. And sometimes um, there are tough days. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and I think too, like, I really appreciate that you just said, you know, sometimes you don't feel motivated, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I don't want to do this, or these are the obstacles. And I'm sure too, you know, a lot of people have felt this, if you've gone from one job where you've had really stable income, and then you move into a, an area where it's more dependent on you showing up every single day and, and getting the business or doing the thing, it, it can be a mindset shift almost. Cause you can find yourself being like, Oh, why did I leave that stable thing? Cause now I have to do this. And, you know, to yeah. just getting around kind of your brains, yeah. Mental trickery and really making sure that you're solid in why you're doing things and what, why it's important to you. And that's, that's again, another side of it that I think people don't always talk about, you know, everybody wants to talk about, here's all the ways that you can make money. Here's all the things, but there's also, let's also recognize that in any entrepreneurial role and anytime you're in a business um, setting, there are still things that you have to do, but you're the one who has to set the deadlines and then follow them. (laughs) Absolutely. And I took a break in um, June and July from coaching um, from accepting any new brand deals. So I was only working with established clients who, who needed me in a way of, hey, can we hop on a 30-minute call? I've, you know, I, I've worked with them. I have their portfolio, but I wasn't accepting new clients for coaching and I, I wasn't accepting any new deals if I hadn't already signed a contract. And so for June and July, I needed a break and I recognized that and I acknowledged it. But then when I'm looking at, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the, the money and, and, I'm like, okay, so I've had a break and now I need to get back on it in August because when you take a break, you don't have income coming in the way that it could be, right? Like, of course you have retainers and, you know, money is coming in in other ways, but you're not making that, those closing those deals. And if you're, t- if you're on a break, you're on a break. And so I needed that, but also towards the end of July, I, I was like, all right, I have to get back to it because I have certain goals that I want to achieve and me having this three, four, five month break is not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that can be hard too to just even understand that balance and learn how to manage it and know when you need to take a break and then when it's time to step back in too, right? Mm-hmm. And just I think honoring that journey for yourself and really figuring out what that looks like for you is so important because the structure of it all, and I think people even who aren't self-employed or aren't in an entrepreneurial role felt that in a different way when COVID happened and everybody was kind of Mm -hmm. staying home to, you know, all of a sudden people were like, whoa, what am I going to do with my schedule? How am I going to structure my day? What does this look like? And it really is a, a learning and an unlearning experience, right? Of like, you recognize some of your patterns that creep up or some of your mindset struggles and different things. And so what would you say is helpful to you when you kind of don't feel like getting after it as much? Yeah. So when, when I get to the point where I was in June and July, where I needed that break, I, I just had to sit down and look at everything and say, okay, if I take a break, what, what do the next few months look like from you know, just a personal standpoint, financial, mental health. Can I, can I afford this break in, in all facets of the work? And then you take it. But when you get to the point where you have to kind of, you know, get back into gear, it can be hard. And what I really did was I just set a deadline for myself of August 1st, which was yesterday. Of I'm sending out invoices and I'm sending out emails and I'm pitching and I'm doing all these things. I'm reactivating myself. And I just try to think of it like an academic calendar because I'm so used to that. Uh, it's back to school time. Those first couple of days back to school are tough. You don't want to do in-service. You're tired of PD, but you have to do it to kind of get in that rhythm. So that, that's what I use to trick my brain. 
It's so funny you say that because when you're talking about needing the break in June and July, that's what I thought too. Because in my business, I felt that I'm like, I'm in summer mode because I think mm -hmm. my body is so conditioned that now we rest, you know, now our brain has worked so hard in the summer you rest. So that was interesting for me to feel that. And I wonder if you're, you're, yeah, you're conditioned to that academic calendar <laughs> like that. So, okay, I've noticed on your page several times where you call yourself a micro influencer. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, you're just an influencer, not a micro influencer. <laughs> I don't know all the labels. So is that something like, what does it feel like when you were like, yes, this is what I'm doing. This is who I am. Did you have this weird space where you're like, oh, I'm calling myself an influencer? <laughs> like, talk to me about that. I'm so glad you brought that up then because that kind of, um, it weaves in a couple of different things. So I actually met my partner on Instagram and I follow him too. It's so cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also an influencer. We met in August of 2020 and by met, I, I slid into his DMs and was like, Hey, <laughs> developed a friendship. And then, um, he lives in Philadelphia. He flew out to Austin Halloween of that year. And we met for the first time and, you know, we've been together ever since doing long distance. And he was the one who told me that I needed to refer to myself as an influencer. And I'm like, at this time I had like 500 followers. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he really said, it's a mindset. If it's something that you want, then you need to show up as an influencer. You need to refer to yourself as an influencer. And I said, okay, okay, I can do that. And it took me a while to get used to kind of that title and because it has negative connotation, but I wanted to own it, right? Like I'm out here, I'm showing, uh, I'm showing up every day and I want this title. Thanks to him, now I feel more comfortable using that word. Micro-influencer, it's just, there's these little tiers, like a nano-influencer, a micro-influencer based on the amount of followers that you have. I think, you know what, I should just drop the micro and just be an influencer because you should just drop the micro too. I think it's it. awesome. And I, I'm glad I wanted to ask you about that because I had similar feelings. Like somebody um, told me I needed to call myself an expert. And I was like, I just felt like I had that reaction to it. Like, mm -hmm. oh, and I don't know how I feel about that. And it, you know, it's like, well, Cassandra, you know, and then they laid out all the reasons why, just like you're saying, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's a me thing. Yeah. <laughs> understanding it. And again, even to what you were saying earlier, it's a me thing of then worrying about what other people might think about that. Well, what if people think I'm not an expert or what have you? The reality of it is, is you are an influencer and you're establishing yourself in so many different ways. Right. But to really, I agree with him to say that and to state that and kind of state your claim and to show up as that, that's a different embodiment of, you know, here's who I am and here's how, why I'm showing up and what I'm doing. Absolutely. And just owning it. And if you put your accolades on paper, you are an expert, like you've been an expert, right? And same thing for me, but that is hard. It is hard to acknowledge. It's kind of hard to see, I feel like within ourselves, what other people see. And mm -hmm. that's tough. Well, and I think too, it's interesting because academia, you know, we're not really applauding ourselves all the time, you no. know, in any way, shape or form. So it's been interesting to me to talk to people who have not been in academia and they're like, why are you so weird about this? <laughs> and it's one of those things really just, yeah, being able to talk about yourself and, and allow yourself to shine in a way that puts the spotlight on you. And that's really not, you know, in education, we're trying to put the spotlight on our students or other people and we're kind of just the, mm -hmm. the 
face behind things, right? And so this is really shifting that focus directly onto you and not only onto you, but onto your appearance and things like that. So has that been something, you know, have you had to deal with people speaking negatively about any of the things that you post or has it been a fairly positive journey for you or what's that really look like? Yeah, um, thankfully it's been extremely positive. Um, just met with so much support, which again, I was worried about the opposite and just hasn't been a factor like knock on wood, right? I'm going to open Instagram now and have, control. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's been great. I'm very thankful for that. I will say um, to your point earlier, something I've, I've had to work on is selling myself. And what I mean by that is just in these networking events with other creators and influencers who have been doing this for years, they give you your, the elevator pitch, right? As soon as you meet them and they're like rattling off all of their esteemed accomplishments. And as an educator, like, I would never do that because we're just so conditioned to be behind the scenes. And so I've had to learn how to like have have it together when I go to these events of like, I have to speak up and, and share the things that I'm doing, the brands that I've worked with, even though it feels a little awkward. I think that's how it works outside of academia. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly how I feel. It's so weird to me. And I just, and then <laughs> I get so awkward about it too. And it's like, okay, Cassandra, you actually have taught public speaking for years and like, listen <laughs> yeah. to yourself right now. <laughs> <laughs> But it is, it's such, and I think too, in some ways, this, you almost in academia become desensitized to your accomplishments because everybody's got these long vitas of everything, right? Right. So it's like, yep, I had to put that down. And then you're onto the next thing that you have to do. And so in some ways they don't all stick, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So then, yeah, going out into the world and, and then telling people about all these things that you do or that you've done, it it feels like to me anyway, I felt like, oh, am I bragging right now? Or am I being egotistical? And it's like, well, no, those are actually things that I did. So why is it different to have them on a piece of paper versus saying them out loud? You know, that's so true. And when people are, are asking, well, tell me about yourself, they're giving you that space to do so, but it's just, okay, you want to know, let me, let me tell you about myself. Let me tell you about the things that I've done. Mm-hmm. And that's new to me Yeah, um, because we just don't do it. Yeah. Well, and it's different to, to like, especially to then, like you said, sell yourself because you're, you're selling your services or you're selling like, this is, these are the ways that you can work with me. And in education, the people who wanted to work with us just showed up right they want to they want to work with me whether they know it or not (laughs) and so that idea then too if you know you have all these skills you know you have all these talents you know the value you provide to your clients and so you know obviously that networking in that space it it's different to feel like then you have to kind of almost like puff yourself up a little bit and tell people hey here's how awesome I am (laughs) And, and I think that too, I'm glad we can talk about that and talk about the fact that it can feel uncomfortable because you look at people who do it and you think that they just love every second of it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, with our students, they already respected us because they've already looked us up on, was it ratetheprofessor.com <laughs> or they've Googled us and they already know everything about us and they're, they're coming in and they're so eager to learn. Or, you know, when I was teaching at the high school, oh, my brother had you, Miss Williams, or my, you know, my best friend had you. And so you don't have to really do much to, to sell yourself, but 
when you are in a space of just so many competing priorities, so many, it's such a saturated space. And it's like, pick me because, right? And you're just having to really push yourself. But we, you know, we, we are public speakers. So I think we have that in our favor. Yeah, I I definitely think that communication studies degree is, is yes. <laughs> it's been so fun to hear about different lifestyles and Aisha leads a life that is fascinating to a lot of us as it is one that feels so foreign when compared to the mainstream jobs in the world. Before we get back to the episode, I want to extend a special offer for you. I have two openings for one-on-one communication coaching with me inside of a three-month container. We will evaluate where you currently feel stuck or frustrated by your boundaries or lack thereof and get in depth with how to communicate your needs to those around you so you can feel more whole in all areas of your life. If you'd like more info to snag one of those spots, don't delay. Send me a DM on Instagram at Dr. Cassandra LeClaire with the word boundaries today. Now back to the episode. Oh, I'm just so grateful that you're able to take time to chat with me today. So like, tell us a little bit what it looks like. You have a campaign for Duncan. You have so many other things that you've done. Like, what is that like to get to just go and be part of these brand shoots and to have that, that element of your business? Blows my mind. Wow. So last December I did a Christmas campaign with Erin Condren. Like, are you kidding me? Um, I used her planners to lesson plan. And I mean, I have her notebook right here. And so when they reached out to me, I, I couldn't believe it. That was the, the first like real big one for me, um, where I'm like, okay, I'm very excited about, about this brand. And that was a lot of fun. I was able to go into the store before it opened and create a reel and shop around and just look at all the new products. And it was a, a brand that I was really passionate about. And I just felt like sometimes it's pinch me. Like it's, it's, this is, this is my life. Right. And this is, I get to do this. The Dunkin' Donut campaign, same thing. When I opened up my email and saw that they wanted to work with me, I, I started jumping up and down and screaming. I'm like, Dunkin' Donuts. I love Dunkin' Donuts. So it's still as exciting to me like now as it was the first time that I, that I worked with a brand and I hope to just continue um, to be able to do that. I also do a lot of UGC, which is um, user-generated content, which is you never see it on my page. So I'll go to a studio or I'll create content for brands and they'll pay me for that. Um, and then we negotiate the usage rights and then it's theirs. And oh, okay. I don't have to ever post it. And so that's like another fun thing that I get to do that I also enjoy. That's really interesting. I didn't know that that was even a thing. That's yeah. I, that's why I love, like, I'm like, I learn all these different, um, like things that I didn't even know were jobs that I didn't know happened. So the company just has the footage then, and they might use it in like whatever capacity they want to. Do you ever know when they use it or not really? Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. It depends on the terms of the, the contract, the usage rights that you've agreed upon. For example, can they use your content like perpetually, which I always say no to, or is it for three months, six months, you know, whatever it is. Sometimes they'll send over like a link and you'll kind of get a preview. And then other times you might just be going on social media and say, oh, that's my hand. Well, they have soda can. I did that six months ago. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so fun. Now I'm going to be looking for your hand. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's always fun. 
Yeah, I just, I like how you still get to do so many different things. Cause I do think that is the fun part that you liked so much about your job in education. You were doing so many things and there is a constant shift and change. So talk to me about what it is like to work with your clients. Cause you coach and you help other people yeah. really step into this space. Like, what is that like for you? That is my favorite part of what I do. And that just came out of out of thin air, I want to say, but like it didn't, right? Like that's what was going to come out of this, but you don't think it will. Well, essentially what happened was I, I was able to land my first paid partnership when I had 400 followers, which is just like a really low number for a brand to, to reach out and want to pay, but they really liked my content. I had really high engagement. They, they viewed me as very, really authentic. Um, and so once I got that first partnership, more just started to kind of come in and I was talking about it on social media and people started sending me questions. Well, how did you do it? Did they reach out to you? Like, what, what are the steps? And I was answering them. And then I realized, wait, <laughs> I, I'm teaching people. I'm, I'm yeah. offering a service. So let's make this into something um, so that I can scale it in a way where they're getting like high quality product and I'm able to just give them one-on-one -on -one time. And so I turned um, my Instagram handle, Aisha's Inside, into Aisha's Inside LLC, and I started coaching people, and I started doing that last summer, and when I first started, like, my coaching calls for 30 minutes, I think it was, like, $15, mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm just, like, I don't know what I'm doing. No one's going to book a call. I didn't feel like an expert yet. Once I started to consistently get clients, I just paused, and I realized, okay, you, you are an expert. Like, I love the way that you said that Like you are an expert. So I sat down and I really built out a curriculum and I just thought about all the needs of my, my various clients kind of put them into buckets. And then I revamped my website, kind of rebranded and it has just kind of taken a life of its own. And um, since then now I offer coaching cohorts where we do eight week courses in small groups. I offer one-on-one -on -one sessions that last from four, eight to 12 weeks, depending on the client's needs. And they get worksheets and handouts and Zoom calls and check-ins. And um, I'm really proud of, of that product that I've created because it is like what I would do in the classroom. It's a lesson plan, essentially. And I'm able to check in with them throughout our time together and, and assess their goals and readjust and listen and then it's great mm -hmm. well and it is it, you know it does make complete sense to me that that is your favorite part because that is you, you know the helping portion of it where you really are helping other people hone in on their confidence to do this right and mm -hmm. helping them understand how they can make their business grow and have this space for themselves too and you're really empowering them and that's the thing that I know that your students love so much that you did for them regardless of what you taught or where you were in any educational space like you empowered people and so I think that that's just such a, a common thread in your whole career to me anyway, as an outsider. <laughs> and I, so I love that that's the space that you're still getting to occupy and now in just a different way, completely. It's really, it's really fun for me to just sit here and watch, watch one of my kids, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that so much. And when I see like my kids who are teaching now, it, it just, it just blows my mind. Right. And, and then we chat and it, it's kind of this 
thing where I'm thinking, yeah, I could definitely see you going into that space of helping others. And so again, you kind of can see things that maybe other people can't. So I'm sure when I started my coaching business, people who knew me were just like, oh, of course, like what, like what took you so long? I do, I do appreciate um, getting those emails, those text messages, you know, a month later from a client who feels happy and they just landed a deal or they just sent out their first invoice or they're feeling confident to create reels like that. It's such an amazing feeling. Well, and I think too, that that empowerment and that encouraging people to just step into these spaces and to show up as themselves, you know, again, that sounds easy, right? Oh, just go do that. You know, just show up as yourself. But that's one of the scariest things for us all to do, right? Is to just really put it out there and to admit that this is what we want to do or to go after it. And to, especially when you're building a personal brand, like what you're helping people do, you know, there is, there's a lot of mindset work that has to go into that too. Cause you have to let go of a lot of fear. You have to check your ego a little bit <laughs> and really be able to be okay with not taking things personally and being okay with rejection and all of those things. Right. And so just like you said, you know, there's this wonderful glamorous side of it too. There's a lot of, of behind the scenes work that goes into getting to that glamorous part. Oh, absolutely. And I had to, to be okay with people not wanting to work with me. And that was hard because it, it is a personal brand. I'm not selling t-shirts that I can just kind of go redesign if they don't sell well, right? Like this is, this is me, this is who I am. And so um, sometimes I'd get on a discovery call and, you know, the person wouldn't want to work with me and I would just take that so personally, but then I stopped and I, and I thought, are we a good fit to work with each other? And usually the answer was no. And so I shifted my mindset there of the discovery call when I was doing them shouldn't just be one-sided of me trying to sell myself. Of I need you to work with me because I am X, Y, and Z, but instead, are we a good fit to work together? And once I was able to shift my mind there, it made the world of difference in, in my clients and just getting them the results that they wanted. Because there were times when I would say, I don't think we're a great fit. Like, and this is why like, I don't think I can meet your needs. And, and this is why And that was empowering to, um, to be in a place where you're not just chasing the dollar. Yeah, that I, I had to come to a very um, similar place with no, this is with my one-on-one -on -one coaching, it was like, who do I really, that's a huge emotional space, as you know, you know, so it's like, who do I want to work with that is not going to drain me that, I, you know, what, what does that look like for me? And that felt selfish to me at first, you know, cause I'm like, oh, I want to help other people. I want to help other people. And so I really had to sit with that for a while of like, okay, what does this look like? And it, so much of it previously was tied to, yep, well, I'm supposed to be making money or I have to earn something. So really being okay to say no to money if it wasn't the right thing for me. And sometimes that was hard. Cause like you say, there are months where you're like, no, but I need that money. <laughs> and so, but really understanding too, even as you're building the business, what does this really look like? And energetically, what, what can I give somebody else? And if you're not a good fit, or if you're going to show up, like for me, if I'm going to show up kind of dreading the call or thinking about it, you know, that that's not good for the other person then either. Right. Absolutely. And, but those are some hard things to learn or to really think about for yourself and ask yourself what that looks like too. What that looks like. And then being okay with, it's not that person or me, it's that we just aren't a good fit for each other in this, in this space. 
Um, and I, I had to, I had to learn that too. And it sounds really cliche, but the money will come. Like that's it. The other thing I had to learn too, like it will come. And when I started saying no to things, when I'm turning down money and I'm like, oh my goodness, are you crazy? Like, why, why are you turning down, turning this down? But then something else comes that's bigger and better and a fit that you're excited about. Mm -hmm. And that's something it is hard. And I think, especially, you know, a lot of people relate to that. You know, you're, you're, we're so conditioned to think that success means making a certain amount of money. So there's that element of it. Right. But then there's the very real tangible element of like, okay, but I also need money to pay my bills. Right. And so just, it feels so often that that's all that we're thinking about, right. Is, you know, how do we get the job to pay the bills, to have Mm -hmm. success, to do these things. And so to really reframe what Mm -hmm. success looks like for yourself, to really learn to accept some of that uncertainty surrounding finances and everything like that. That's also a lot of mindset work and in a huge shift, I think too. And I love that we're having this conversation and just kind of being transparent about it, because I think that so often these are very real fears that people have. These are very real thoughts, but then they don't know who to talk to them about, or they don't know what to say, or they're worried if they admit that, then it's going to seem like they're not confident in themselves or they don't believe in themselves. And it's like, you know, those, that's, it's not an either, or you can have all those feelings at the same time. (laughs) Absolutely. And I would just think to myself, if I remove the element of money, which um, is is not real, let me be very, very clear. <laughs> like, but if I can remove that, am I afraid to start a business? Am I afraid to work for myself? Yes, but a lot of it was because of money, right? I'm I'm used to having this really consistent income coming in. But if I was to just follow what I really wanted to do then I would start the business and I would, I would work for myself and I would do those things if you could take money out as a factor. And I know that that's really scary because we have bills. We have to live. We have to be sustainable. I'm not a Kardashian. I'm not, I'm not in a place to just like go on a venture and see where this takes me. But I also don't want money to be something that hinders people from I'm tapping into like a part of them that they're really excited about and that could lead to so much more, not only financially, but just them feeling happy. Right. Your personal growth. I know. I know it. And I think about that too, whenever, you know, we ask kids all the time, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And they, they, you know, that's the message that they're given is like, if they choose something that doesn't equate to dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, then we're like, oh, and especially I notice it. Um, with people in high school when they're thinking about college or those first couple of years of college, you know, people will tell people their major. And if you say philosophy, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, how are you going to get a job, you know, or whatever it is. Right. And but really what they're asking is, how are you going to make money? They're not asking, how are you going to get a job? They're asking, well, how are you going to make money? And that's just such a, a mindset in, in it for everybody, you know, at a certain age, you're like, yep, because I got to pay the bills, I got to make money. And so to really shift and, and understand that, okay, I'm going to make money, the money will come, but how can I do that in a way that it feels good to me? Or how can I do that in a way that sustains me? And maybe the answer is that your nine to five job is not that but yet you have this other piece over here that you can build, you know? And that's the thing too, is that it doesn't always look that we just get to drop everything and go forward, right? Sometimes, like you said, you had been building different elements and facets of this for years. You had had different spaces where you'd kind of shown up and tested the waters and done some of these things. So really even understanding that 
if money's holding you back, what can you do right now, even if there isn't any money, or if you can't change your circumstances, or if you can't quit your job? And the cool thing is, is there are so many free resources, and there are so many ways that we can find different paths or avenues and ways to really, you know, step into different spaces. But I think we have to be willing to look for them instead. So often we're just like, no, I can't afford it, or I don't have the money, or I can't quit my job. And we, we shut it down. Absolutely. And, you know, you can, you can have, I see this thing on, on um, social media, you can have a nine to five and then a five to nine, right. Where you're, you're doing the job, it's paying the bills and then you're doing your passion project. And that passion project could lead to becoming your nine to five. And so I think just finding time and space within your, your current circumstance, whatever that may be to just start. Sometimes that's the hardest part. Just start, find the resource, figure out where your passions lie um, and, and just get a plan in place. Um, definitely not the narrative of like, quit your job and download this, you know, um, freebie and you'll make you know, six figures in 10 days or whatever it is. We see those all the time. Definitely not saying to do anything like that, but you, you can absolutely start to build that daily routine that you want, how you want your life to be, even if you're not where, where you thought you'd be or where you want to be right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that that goes back to, you know, like you're saying, you know, that internal motivation, that desire. And that's why all of this, it is so important to figure out the why for yourself, right? In the in the what is driving you and why you want to do this, because you are going to need to rely on that internal motivation. You know, yeah, if you have a nine to five and then a five to nine, you're tired, right? So there's got to be some excitement behind that or some drive or some push that is really fueling you and feeding you. And so this is where too, like so many people just need a little space to really figure out what that is for themselves. You know, they need to give themselves permission to think about what that could be and what that would look like. Absolutely. And I find that a lot with um, some of the the recent clients that I've, I've just started onboarding and working with that they, they just say, I need help. I know I want to do this, whatever the this is. They have a small business or they're rebranding or they're wanting to be an influencer. I just need help and I don't know where to start. And I, I believe that to be such a profound step. You're acknowledging something that you want and you've invested in yourself with a coach. And now we're going to sit down and get you a plan so that you can get to where you want to be. You'll have the tools because not everyone has the, the tools or the capacity. And so I think just kind of feel like investing in yourself, whatever that is whether it is, you know, researching or hiring someone or taking a course, whatever you can, um, doing that just to get yourself started. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. And I think, again, there are so many ways that you can do that. And one of the things that I tell my coaching clients and and myself, because <laughs> everything I tell my coaching clients, I've told myself before, right, <laughs> is you know, whenever your brain is telling you like there's one answer and you can't like really challenge yourself to come up with a couple of other alternatives because it is so rare that is like there is just one answer, right? Or that the answer is no, or that that's not possible. And I really have to do that sometimes, especially with money. I think for a lot of people, you know, we can work through some of the other mindset stuff, but money feels different because you see those bills or you know what you have to pay or what you have to support or what have you. So really even challenging yourself to work through some of those things and, and asking yourself what the cost of your unhappiness is. You know, there's that too. 
Like, and, and for me, you know, the cost of my unhappiness was showing up in a lot of other ways too. And so really understanding that too, you know, what, what does this look like for yourself? And I, I love the ways that you said too, sometimes that's just that you need support in, in different ways and asking for help, you know, getting to a place where you're like, yep, I want to do this, but I don't know how, but I think there's probably somebody who does know how and let me find them. And that can be, feel really vulnerable, right? And it can feel really scary, but just allowing yourself to ask for help and allowing yourself to admit that you don't have all the answers, that can be such an opening space in your journey, be it professionally, personally, whatever it is, right? I agree 100%. I'm glad that you brought that up because when I first started Instagram and I was doing it for a couple of months, I realized I know a lot, but I don't know a lot about this. And I got a coach. And she was my coach for 12 months and helped me really understand my vision, my path, what I wanted out of this space. And so I think that is just so important um, to, to ask for help in a space that's new to you, um, because we can't know everything about everything. And that's okay, because there are people who know about the topic that you want to learn about and are there to help you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for being here today. Okay, tell everyone where we can find you, how they can work with you. What does that look like? Absolutely. Um, it's been such a pleasure, Dr. LeClaire. Thank you so much for having me. You can find me on Instagram. It's at Aisha's Insight. It's I-E-S-H-A-S Insight, Aisha's Insight. And um, the website is the same. It's aishasinsight.com. I think that's it. My email address is the same, Aisha, at gmail.com. Like I, I have just taken up that space. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Like, I love that. Then it's easy for people to remember. And I'll link everything in the show notes too. But I need everybody to go follow you on Instagram because <laughs> it's fun. I love it. And I do love when you and your partner post your little reels together. It's like this perfect <laughs> little fantasy for me. So thank you. For <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for being here. I'm so glad we got a chance to catch up. Thanks for having me and I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Here are a few takeaways from this conversation with Aisha. Number one, showing up on social media continually pushes you to be more disciplined because there are nowadays when you won't feel motivated to post anything, but there's beauty in being your own boss that allows you to put up boundaries for yourself to protect your energy and mental health. Number two, there are times when you are worried about what others say or may say about you when you step into a new role, but you may also find yourself met with an outpouring of support from those that know you and love you as if it's inevitable for you to do something like this. Number three, life is not about chasing the dollar. You have the power to say no to opportunities that don't feel in alignment with you in situations where you and the other party may not be a good fit for one another. Even though this may bring up old money stories, there needs to be this undercurrent or belief that the money is coming in from somewhere. Number four, it's possible to have a day job while also exploring your passion on the side. There's a stable way to start a new lifestyle while still having money coming in regularly. It's rare and unrealistic to quit your day job and go full in on a passion if you're just at the beginning stages without proof of concept or income yet. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope that you come back again next week for another new conversation. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.